Hey everyone, welcome to the Journeyman Firefighter Podcast. I'm your host today, Grant Schwalbe. It's been a while since we recorded one of these, but now kids are back in school, so hopefully uh, you're going to see the frequency of this increasing just a bit. Today with me, I got Joey Aller, fireman. Um, he has a training company, Twisted Fire Industries, and uh, we're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about some of the spouse stuff that they got going on. Uh, realism in training, and uh, we're also going to talk about Carolina Fire Days that's going to be coming up here in the fall. So welcome, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background in the fire service. Uh, so I've been in the fire service about 16 years. Um, I ride backstep on an engine. I'm married with two kids, uh, getting ready to be 15 and six-year-old. How'd you get into the fire service anyway? Um, so my uncle was a career fireman in Cleveland, Ohio, where I grew up. And then we moved down south. And after I graduated, I uh, just dove right in. So why don't we talk a little bit about, let's start out talking about Carolina Fire Days coming up. All right. So Carolina Fire Days is a five-day conference being held in Charlotte, North Carolina this year. Uh, it's November 15th through the 19th. It is three days of auditorium style lecture. So we got four speakers a day, two hour blocks, everyone in one room, pretty low key. And then uh, two days of hands-on. Uh, we got 13 different hands-on classes, eight hour days. Uh, you can take one one day and a different class second day. And uh, we got spots available. What made you decide to kind of put this thing on in your region? I know there's, there's conferences everywhere, but. So I'd say one of the biggest things that we deal with, and just like everyone else deals with, but we have too much certification and not enough training. And our state holds some pretty good events when it comes to certifications and expos and things along those natures. But when it comes to actual firefighter training, we lack in that department for the most part. Um, if you do any training, it's either with your, your department most departments are just doing con ed or certification style stuff. Not many people are bringing in outside instructors or, you know, anything along those lines. So what we wanted to do is try to change that and create a, uh, a training culture and bring in, you know, firefighters that are about the job and we'll, we'll talk about the job and not necessarily what comes from a book. That's cool. And so, I didn't bring you on here because I wanted, we wanted to do advertisements or anything, but what, yeah, what you guys are doing is pretty cool. Talk to us about like the spouse stuff and that you're, you're trying to, trying to pull off. So that is probably the biggest thing on, on what we're doing and why we're successful. So, you know, just like anybody else that travels and teaches and goes to conferencing at some point, if you're married or have a girlfriend, they get angry. And, uh, they get jealous. They feel like we're going on a vacation and they're stuck with the kids. And then when you come home, you're paying back all those shift swaps and trades. And then, uh, you know, you're gone again. Here's a little event and she said it clicked and said, I completely understand it now. And I started getting her to come to events and we come up with the idea of getting other spouses involved because she said, you know, she'll tell you the first time she got to force the door in Portland, like it exhausted her. And then after that, she was like, now I got to pull a hose line and go search. And she's like, I don't know how you guys do it. And you know, the 4am wake ups to midnight bedtimes, repeated times four or five days is a lot. And she realized that we're not just there to have fun. 
while we do have fun, we're there to learn and to teach and to have experiences. So we come up with the idea of uh, two things. On one of our socials, we're holding a spouse roundtable, and we've invited uh, three couples from the fire service, uh, Kurt Isaacson and his wife, Cody Trestrow and his wife, and Rob Fisher, his wife, to do basically just an open table forum. You know, this isn't just for couples. This isn't just for spouses. This is for anybody, anybody in the fire service. It's going to be the social of the first night, and, you know, it's going to be an open table, Q&A, tell stories, laugh, you know, get some advice. And then on uh, Thursday and Friday during the hot classes, while all the other people, firemen, are doing our hot classes, whether we're teaching or we're taking, my wife and a team of firefighters are going to put the spouses through their paces and get them to put on turnout gear, stretch some hose, force a door, do some searching, and kind of just experience a little bit of what we go through, and then finish the day off with a field trip to the site and get to watch us in our element doing our different skills, teaching and learning, just to kind of get an appreciation and understand kind of what we go through. I, I think that's such a cool concept. I know, I, it, just like you said, you know, we, we go away, we we take classes or teach, and sometimes it's looked at as a vacation, and that's the furthest thing from the yeah. truth, especially if you want to put on a good class and, and build it out and do some realism. Those can be some long days. How did you get, your wife to go to the first one <laughs> that's the question so it was one of them uh kind of like a voluntold thing i i said look i need to get you involved with this like you you need to see the other side and we started small and you know we hit up you know the, the smaller ones and i wanted to build her up before I, I got her out to what i consider to be you know the ultimate fire conference in portland so before we went out there I wanted to get her at, at a couple smaller conferences and we hit up, you know, a one day event and two day event and uh, just grew so she could see how it changed. And uh, once she went to the first hot class with us and helped, she was hooked. And being involved and, you know, on her side, just helping out and being a part of it. And I think at the end of the day, that's all they want. You know, spouses just like us they just want to be included in something and feel like uh you know whether they're needed or that they're a part of it and once she felt that you know she was hooked and now she she physically she'll call me and be like hey uh i just saw this post for this fire conference are you going to go to it or hey it looks really good you should go to it that's cool um I love love getting them involved. And I, there was a good article a while back. And if I can find it, I'll attach it to the show notes. But it was like the fire service is the uh, the mistress uh, that our wives have to worry about. And if, you know, just this concept, get them involved. And it's, uh, it's not the uh, it's not running down to strip clubs and doing all kind of stupid stuff. That's it's, right. it's being out there for the mission. And, um, you know, the other part of it is just the good brothers and sisters that we we run into uh, can you talk a little bit about um how she felt welcome with the, i know you teach with a bunch of good dudes and there's so many good dudes that are out there um how they how they felt when all of a sudden they see wives kind of showing up a little bit so i mean you want to be honest i feel like we get invited to go do stuff more because they want to see her versus me and the other guys uh, but we have other spouses in our group too that are very involved in uh you know, Cody and Andrea have been two of our biggest mentors outside of many, many others, but her and Andrea are really connected. And, you know, 
you've kind of got, you know, the, uh, the blueprint of what is expected and getting her involved. Um, I'll tell you the one class that she got to help out with. It was a brothers in battle class at a conference and it was in Portland. Um, her first Portland, we had her as a victim in a class for brothers in battle. And, um, it was our first time being a victim, you know, at a conference and it was Portland of last year. And, uh, it was our first time at Portland actually. And there's probably a hundred, 150 people on this training ground. And when she screamed inside the building, when we told her, Hey, you know, send it, everybody on that fire ground stopped instantly. Like, and to say, I didn't have goosebumps and there weren't guys getting emotional or like stopping what they were doing was an understatement. And that was the best thing. Like when we come out, guys are coming up to her. It was like, you changed my game today. Like you made this training completely different than any other training I've ever had because we don't deal with that. You know, that blood curdling scream. And so after that, she's hooked. Like she wants to be drug out of the building and she wants to be a victim and show up and help and build whole nine yards. That's awesome. Makes it feel like, yeah, she's the star of the show and you're, you're just sideshow yeah. Bob here. <laughs> yeah, that's know. it. That's all it is. Uh, that's cool. We talked a little bit pre-show about kids and victims. So talk to us a little bit about how you, how you rolled that in. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's a family affair. So, uh, uh, our oldest daughter, she was 11 at the time, and we had uh, OJ, Koloje, and Magic City come up and do a, a ladder class. And the uh, the fifth day of the academy, we used fake smoke in the building so we can use live victims. And we snuck her in and put her on a bunk bed in plain clothes. And uh, I was in the room, and nobody knew. There was, like, very few people, even on the training grounds, that knew that she was there. And... I'll never forget those guys coming in that room and reaching up on that bed and finding her. And he grabbed her just like we do every other dummy and victim that we grab. And, you know, he pulled the arm and he realized it wasn't moving. And then he reached back and grabbed her again and he stopped and he turned around and he said, Holy crap, this is a real kid. And he froze. And then uh, the guy that was in charge of the crew during that evolution, he knew that she was there just because they had a familiar relationship. And he's like, all right, what are we going to do? And they went through their paces. They used everything that they learned that week. And, you know, they isolated. They called for a ladder. They did everything they, they were trained to do, um, including, like, when command called back and said, hey, we can't put a ladder there. He said, no, you're going to put a ladder there. Like, move a ladder, throw a second ladder. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Whenever they were trying to get her out, he's like, how do we want to get her down? I was like, we'll take her out the window. He's like, down the ladder? I was like, yeah, don't drop her. And, uh, you know, I run around and nobody knew. And those guys, we pulled them aside and talked. They're like, we've never done anything like this. And again, for her, she was super nervous. And then the first time she did it, we couldn't keep her out of the building after that. Like she always wants to be a part of the event. That's cool. It adds so much realism when, when, you know, I think we've gotten better that we're, uh, when we're not using hose dummies, we're using dummies that actually look more like real yeah. humans and even putting clothes on them. But it's next level to uh, to bring a a real person in there, especially a kid. Yeah, you know, even even if it's not just a straight up drag, even just talking a victim through, hey, we're gonna isolate, we're gonna have you climb down the ladder, we're gonna assist you. We just did a grabs podcast with you on assisting victims down a ladder about that same age. So you talk about the comparisons and just even that. Yeah. You know, like the fake dummies don't talk back. We just grab them and we hand them out and you see it everywhere you go. And, you know, I'm guilty just as anyone else. 
we grab them by the arm, we carry them through, and we throw them outside in a pile. We go back in, you know, because we're that's how we train. That's how we're taught. But then when you throw that real human in there and you're not expecting it, it changes it. And it did a lot for her too. You know, she got to see the other side of if she was ever in that situation, how to react, how to, why it's important to close her bedroom door, why it's important to know where you're at in your room and be able to, you know, tell a dispatcher exactly where you're at. Because she, I mean, not many kids get to experience that. We all have the, the fire safety houses and smoke houses, but we're never rescuing the kids in these. You know, we're just talking through it and we feed them, you know, we push them through like cattle and, you know, go on with our day. So having the realism is huge. It, it definitely changes what we do and how we think. And um, we even do it with our, our dummies too, though. Like we push carrying them out the right way, you know, searching the crib and grabbing that baby and keeping them low. First thing we're going to do, we're going to have to see if the baby's alive. And if not, we're going right into CPR because that's what we would do in your life until you're relieved and then you you know go back in and finish your search yeah no doubt i know we've we've added um even the you know we always are doing the life fire layout uh but calling out for victims too and using real victims allows you to have the stimulus response if the guys always call out, fire department is anybody in here and nobody ever answers they're gonna stop doing it so periodically having the victim help me over here or cough uh, if they yeah. can actually get the golden nugget by just calling out, we should reinforce that during training. And I, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing because that, that really does do that. And no, I agree with that 100%. You know, they call out, you know, fire department, can you hear me? And they never get anything back. And I feel like whenever that situation does happen, your heart rate's going to be so high and you're going to have auditory exclusion that even if they say something, you're not going to hear it. And so by doing it every now and then in training and having those real victims, it just you know, solidifies that, hey, we need to be pay attention to all of our senses and not just trying to use one. Yeah. And it's not, not enough. We just did some search training in our department. I asked the guys, I'm like, Hey, did you call out? Yeah. Well, did you shut up long enough to listen for an answer? Cause if you, yeah. you missed, you missed them coughing or you miss them saying I'm over here because yeah, you yeah. just check boxing and uh, that's not what we're are here for. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about the, uh, the FDIC class that you guys did? So uh, I help with an FEIC class and my wife's involved with it. Um, Mike Dowling and a bunch of other guys from all over the country. We do a, a real world class called um, uh, IDLH Fireground Ops. And um, basically it's six stations, five stations in the morning and it's skill stations real quick, you know, 45 minute stations on, uh, I do the stretching and we talk about stretching lines and line placement and searching on the line. Then the other stations are uh, a forceful entry station with window bars and uh, window sashes and doors, uh, lines over ladders, throwing single man ladders, and then um, a, a search prop. We go to lunch and then we cultivate that all that into scenarios, but we keep it as real as possible. You know, we we try to add our aspects by filling the room up with real furnishings, going to Goodwill and Habitat for Humanity and, and getting everything we can, um, putting in the fake smoke and the barrel smoke. You know, a lot of people are like, why are you using both? It's just that much more work. Well, smelling that real smoke and knowing that it's a true IDLH environment changes the game. If we know that it's fake smoke, you take your mask off, it's not gonna affect you for that little bit of time. But when it's 
when you smell that real smoke, it really does change what you're doing. Um, so yeah, we run that class a few different places and uh, it's been a, a success. We have a good thing with it, but again, it's, a, it's two days of prep for a two day class just to make a concrete or connex building be furnished like a house. Yeah, putting in the front end work uh, completely makes a difference for the students. I love uh, that your willingness to share kind of the breakdown on individual skill set. We're going to do individual skill stations so they have a good grasp of what's going on before you do scenarios. I think that's important. I know we talked about it in our search class that if all you do is roll up and do search and you were never shown what a good search is supposed to look like, we've kind of failed. So it's that crawl, walk, run type thing to set you up for success before we start stressing you out and going high yeah. speed. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny you say that. So uh, with Twisted Fire Industries, we teach a class called Defining the Search. And we were the same way. We'd always, you know, just jump straight into our three stations, which was, you know, can searching, um, beyond the door VES, and then first floor VES with search technique. And someone came to me and said, hey, you know what we're missing in our search classes? And it's adult victims. And he's like, you know why we don't do it? I said, yeah, because they're heavy, you know, because we don't want to reset them. That's why. And it kind of struck me because it made me think like the reason we're not using adult victims is because we are lazy because we don't want to pick up that adult victim and carry him back upstairs because we're tired. What does that do for them? So we redid our class and now um, the first hour and a half of our class, we bring everybody together as a group with all eight instructors and we go over masking up and we go over search positioning and we go over bringing adult victims down ladders and out windows and drags all the instructors are on the same page and we're not, you know, doing the same thing repeatedly in our stations. And then we can just hammer, you know, two hour stations and really get into the, the meat and potatoes of why we're, what we're trying to teach. No, that's awesome. That's the other positive of having live victims is you can tell them to get up and walk yes. up the stairs. So, uh, Without it out. Yeah, that's good. You know what I love about you and all the guys that are out there teaching search that we, I, I feel like, as a group, we've really made it about them and not trying to um, hoard information, uh, you know, as Aaron Fields would, would say, uh, but sharing it amongst each other because uh, none of us want to be gone from our families and out there teaching and those guys. No. But it's so cool the way everybody's everybody's sharing, you know, how they're how they're doing their setups, how they're doing their just everything and what they're finding works. And um, the the lack of egos is, is pretty cool. Putting it all aside just to just to get out there and, and save more victims. The search movement is freaking awesome right now. Yeah, no, it's great. And it's funny you say that too, because I remember a few years ago when we both presented at a journeyman in uh, Newport News and sitting upstairs and watching all the presentations while everyone else is working on theirs. And you're like, oh, he just played that video? That's in my presentation. Well, that's what I do. And realizing by the end of the three days that we're not copying each other. We didn't invent any of this stuff. But if Ten of the twelve speakers are saying the same thing. Maybe it's important. Absolutely. So, uh, what else you got? We got a few more minutes to to discuss anything. What's going on in the fire service? You want to talk about? Uh, you know, it's it's crazy right now. I know everyone's dealing with this pandemic again, and uh, everything's changing. But we're still pushing hard. You know, we got classes and and trying to get out there. It was it was good to be able to go to FDIC and and see everybody and you know, try to get these conferences and classes ramped back up. Um, 
the, the classes we got to offer this fall are going to be pretty good. I'm really excited for our lecture series and, uh, you know, just getting people involved. That's all that it's about. Well, cool. Well, I appreciate all you're doing. I'm looking forward to coming out for the training. Uh, it's so cool to see Cody and you and just everybody that's doing conferences, sharing, sharing with each other and, and figuring out best practices. Cause ultimately it's about, uh, getting the information to the people and making it easy for them. People want to get a hold of you, whether it's for questions about what you're doing, if it's to get a hold of you about the, uh, the training that you got coming up in the fall or just to come out and present a class or do something. How can, what's the best way to do that? Uh, so we're on all the social medias. That's the one thing that my wife has really taken over and done a pretty jam up job on. So whether it's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, our websites, you know, you can go to, twistedfireindustries.com or carolinafiredays.com. All the registration information's on there with emails and stuff like that. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Um, and if anybody has questions, you know, they can contact me through those avenues. Sweet. Well, thank Heather for us for letting you do this and all that she does as a supportive spouse. I know even if the, the wives haven't taken them up on that, it's cool to see uh, spouses taking an interest. So there's hope for all of us. Yeah. Uh, but, for sure. Uh, and I, I mean, she gets, we, we get emails and questions and Facebook messages all the time from guys, you know, Hey, I'm trying to get my spouse involved. Can you talk to her? Or would you talk to my spouse and try to invite her and get her on? And, you know, it's worked. We, we've seen, you know, a few people that show up and be like, I would never have came if I wouldn't have talked to her. So, you know, if you got that same problem, send it out. I'm sure she'll be glad to uh, send some information their way. Yeah. It gets me thinking that, uh, maybe it's time to bring her on uh, a fire podcast and, and, yeah. and she can talk to the dudes. And even if it's not her talking directly to a spouse, uh, maybe a way for the guys to share, uh, to share and say, Hey, listen to this and, <laughs> and give it a little time to, to sink in, you know? Yeah. And so that's what the spouse round table at the event's going to be about. You know, I feel like it's kind of hard to describe what it's going to be about, you know, through social media, but it's not just, you know, a couple session thing. Um, it's, it's going to be more than that. It's going to be ways to, to figure out how to make your relationships at home work for years. And I mean, my whole career, you're told not to bring work home, right? We need to keep that separate. And I call BS. She doesn't need to know all the gory details and what we do at work because when we are angry and tired, they need, they understand that we're not taking it out of them because we're mad at them. We're just, you know, ill because we had a bad night. And once my wife, once we got on the same page with that, it changed our marriage 180 degrees. And we've been, you know, very successful in our marriage ever since that point. That's awesome. Well, Joe, I appreciate you sharing. I hope uh, for everybody out there listening that uh, we'll be recording another one here pretty soon. And uh, our goal is to put one out about once a month. If you've got anybody that uh, you think we should talk to, uh, hit me up. Uh, until next time, that's it.